I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Did you hear that? Yeah, in, in Cure's newscast there, 57 degrees outside. I think, it's a, I think it's some kind of form of like unfair and cruel punishment. As I, as I sit, here's what I'm talking about. As I sit here in the KSL Talk studio, I have these giant uh, floor-to-ceiling windows here behind me. I, I might sound like I'm creaning my neck here because uh, I'm looking out. I'm looking out at the blue skies out there. I'm, oh, my gosh, look at that. There's someone uh, getting out of their car wearing short sleeves. Yeah, first time I've seen short sleeves out in the wild uh, this year so far. Well, you know what? The boss is wearing short sleeves today. Me? Well, I start my day so early, a little, little chilly still there. I'm wearing a sweater. No, not that same birthday sweater. I've, I've changed it since then. 57 degrees outside. Listen, uh, as you look forward to your weekend, take advantage of these temperatures. Take advantage of this weather. And I, I say that, you know, because it's good to get outside, but I say it with added urgency uh, today especially after the conversation of yesterday where we learned uh, how dangerous it is to contract uh, COVID-19 if you also uh, suffer from obesity. Of all of the long list of uh, potential comorbidities and underlying conditions, the, the obesity is one that you can battle. And this weather right here uh, might just be the, the inspiration to, to hop up out of your place and go take a stroll around the block at the very least. Uh, get some air in your lungs. Uh, get your blood pumping a little bit. Let's see if we can get that BMI down get you out of that high-risk group. All right? Uh, COVID's taught us a lot, and it's reminded us of a lot. And it is that fitness is, uh, in large part, a key to a long life and good health. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, we're talking about something totally different. I got sidetracked by the nice weather. Uh, what I want to discuss now is the the new piece of Utah legislation, which will, well, first off, it's been passed by the House, Senate, the governor has signed it, and it will take effect on May 5th. And it is uh, that here in the state of Utah, we are now a permitless carry state. Uh, some folks call it a constitutional uh, carry state. The, the, the permit, the concealed carry, the concealed weapon permit is still available and is still something that for, uh, you know, certain things is still necessary. But uh, for the most part, if you are otherwise legally able to carry a firearm, you can do so here in the state of Utah in a concealed fashion without a permit. Uh, I, to, to talk through some of these new details and also explain uh, some of the aspects that you might not consider but are important to know, uh, I've uh, invited to the program an old friend of mine, uh, former Representative Kurt Oda, uh, who joins us now. Uh, sir, welcome to the show. How are you? Lee, long time. It's been uh, way too long. I know. My my apologies. Uh, listen, you you 
when, when you served on Utah's Capitol Hill, uh, when I had firearms questions, uh, when I had firearm legislation questions, there was only one number I called. Well, maybe two. Maybe I'd call Clark, too, from time to time. Uh, but uh, but or, 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 or Mitch, right? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if I had legal stuff, stuff that was on the books, uh, Mitch Velos uh, was, was certainly in the speed dial as well. Uh, but you, sir, were the one uh, when it came to legislation on the Hill. You, you were Utah's gun guy. Uh, and I, I've been seeing that that uh, there's some competition uh, for for who is to fill uh, your shoes. We've seen some legislation uh, from Corey Malloy. We've seen some from Walt Brooks and others uh, who. Let me ask you this, and you could decline to answer or try to answer diplomatically. Have you passed the torch to anyone specific? Uh, yeah, Carrie Ann Lisenby. Okay, go on. She, she's, she's the one that uh, uh, basically started uh, uh, carrying all the uh, firearms legislation after my I left at the end of 2016. And uh, she's been a rock star. She's the one that actually got the provisional permit passed for age 18 up through age 20. And uh, and then they, uh, in fact, we just did a uh, a, a, a modification of that law uh, that cleans it up and and uh, makes it a lot cleaner for for the provisional permit holders. Uh, so you know, at some point, you you we may want to discuss that on the air too. Yeah, one hundred percent. You you said you said we uh, meaning that you're involved. What are you up to these days? Well, I'm still trying to make a living from all the all the uh, loss of income I. Uh, derived from being down there, <laughs> you know, it, it, it took about seventy percent of my time. And unfortunately, the general public thinks we make uh, you know uh, uh, a tonload of money uh, down there. And, and uh, when I show show everybody my W two from twenty sixteen, they, they they look at that and say, "Are you serious?" I said, "Yeah, uh, you you faked that, didn't you?" And I said, "Did you know it's a felon, federal felony to fake a W two?" <laughs> and 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 they said. Man, you guys need a raise down there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that at all. I, uh, you know, over the years have become, you know, more than just someone who reports on the goings on up on Capitol Hill. But I, I'd like to, I'd like to think that I've become a, a friend to many of Utah's legislators. And uh, yeah, what what, uh, what goes on up there is the demonstration of of service. There is truly service that uh, comes from, uh, you know, regardless of party. Any, anyone who yeah. accepts the position. Uh, who is called upon by you know the voters in that district or in that region uh, to go up there? They, they certainly have my admiration, and they ought to be uh, rewarded for it, or at least uh, you know paid enough to keep the lights on. Anyway, none of that is what we're oh, here to talk about. Appreciate that. Well, and you know, it was, it was always good to uh, work with you and your dad. You know, yeah. you, you both have been uh, great friends, and and thank you for that. Well, of course. Uh, listen, we got a couple minutes here. Let's get to the meat of this conversation. You, you uh, there are some aspects of the permitless carry legislation, which you know is, is law now and will take effect on May fifth. Walk us through some of the elements of it that folks might not uh, be aware of or might not have top of mind as they look forward to May fifth, wanting to carry a concealed weapon without a permit. Well, first of all, Lee, um, most most people are not going to understand that that uh, it does not give you all of the same allowances that having a permit uh, would give you. Uh, and, and it doesn't give you the training that, that a permit uh, holder would have to go through to get the permit. Uh, and it's really important to get the, get the, an understanding of the laws of um, where you can take guns, uh, uh, how you can carry it, and all this kind of stuff, and when you can carry it. Because uh, even um, <clears throat> uh, people who go... 
uh, on a licensed hunt or tag hunt, uh, they can carry a, a defensive weapon if they have a permit, but they still can't if they don't. Uh, the, uh, there's, uh, there's things like, uh, can, can, can I, can we dwell on that for a second? Let me sure. ask a, quick, a question about that, because I, as I read some of your comments that I read reported in the Standard Examiner of Ogden, I, I, I had no idea about that defensive weapon element when, when, you, when it comes to hunting. I have, you know, in my life as I've gone on hunts, I'll have, you know, some sort of handgun uh, in a holster on my hip. That, that's something that requires a, a permit, you say? Correct. If, you're, if, it, if, it's a, if you're on an archery hunt, the uh, the uh, rules of uh, the Division of Wildlife disallows uh, uh, you to carry a defensive weapon because they don't know if you're going to be use, be using that uh, to take your your uh, game rather than using the archery tackle. So uh, you know the, the, it's just to to kind of uh, uh, you know prevent certain bad elements from from carrying out there. But if you if you have a permit, uh, right. you know, because background checks are done regularly. Uh, you know, they they feel that uh, the permit holders are uh, are uh, much better at uh, being able to to uh, do that responsibly. Sure. All right. Well, well I, I interrupted you. What uh, what else do folks need to be aware of? Well, they've got to be aware that uh, uh, you still can't. Uh, uh, there's still restrictions on on uh, going onto certain school properties, things of that sort. You can't go into uh, reciprocal states that recognizes Utah's permit and say, "Well, uh, Utah's a, a, a permitless carry now, so so I, I should be good." It, you have to abide by the laws of the state you're in. That's the a only, big one. The only state that, yeah, that's a huge one. And the only state you're going to be able to do that in is the original constitutional uh, carry state. That's Vermont, and so. Uh, you know, you'll, you'll be okay there. But again, you got to be very, very careful about uh, uh, some states where you, you can have it loaded or unloaded, things like that. Uh, originally, the the uh, the bill back in 2013 uh, was unloaded because that, that we couldn't get it passed otherwise. But um, uh, this one actually allows you to have uh, a round in the chamber. It can, they kind of went around a uh, uh, kind of a back door. Uh, way of saying it in the bill, but it, it does allow for for being loaded. Uh, uh, the uh, uh, permit will then you still can uh, 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 let's say th- there's. Um, I've, you, I've you heard can't, you, you're not you're not going to get the 750 waived waived when you go buy a gun at the at a dealer uh, because you know the the back the background right. checks are still going to cost you 750 and uh, and. Uh, uh, you know, those are the main yeah. key points. So I had. I'm glad you clarified the round of the chamber deal because I had, uh, you know, via text message and other folks reaching out to me, there had been some confusion about that and claims that that the you know those who were taking advantage of the ability come May 5th to carry that they wouldn't be able to have uh, you know a round chambered or they wouldn't be able to load. Uh, a full cylinder if it's a revolver they were carrying. Uh, and, and so thank you for, for letting this, letting it be known, uh, you know, once and for all that, no, in fact, the, the, the version of this legislation, which has been signed by the governor and is now law and which will take effect on May 5th, does in fact allow you in Utah, if you're otherwise legally able to own a firearm, uh, conceal it with a round uh, chambered. And for folks who, you know, we won't we won't dwell on this, but for folks who, uh, you know, get very specific about the tactics of self-defense, that's an important thing. Yeah, and you're gonna, you'll learn a lot of that at taking a concealed class. Just, I, I recommend people taking the class uh, if they're going to carry, regardless of whether they want a permit or not. 
it, it's highly valuable information. Yeah. Uh, it goes through the, the, the laws of uh, self-defense, uh, when you can use lethal force, uh, you know, what you should do after a shooting. Uh, uh, and and, and it, it, the laws of self-defense applies the same way whether you have a permit or not. And it applies the same way whether you use a gun, knife, rock, or a baseball bat. Yeah. So why not know the law so you can keep yourself out of uh, out of trouble uh, after you've defended yourself? Now you're going to have to possibly defend yourself in court. Yeah. Uh, listen, Kurt Oda, thank you so much for your time here. I'm sorry we haven't connected here more recently, uh, but we'll remedy that, I promise you. Uh, this has been Kurt Oda, former representative, walking through some of the uh, lesser-known elements or lesser-publicized elements of the new Utah law, which allows for permitless carry, uh, it takes effect on May 5th. That's another thing, too. Uh, yes, it has been signed by the governor. It doesn't yet take effect until May 5th, okay? So if you, you're you not yet able to carry a firearm, if you're otherwise legally uh, able to own one without a permit until May 5th. Uh, Kurt, thank you so much for your time. And, 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 and really yeah. quick, I encourage everyone to renew their permits if sure. you've already got one. And, and those that don't have it, seriously consider getting one so that you've got uh, you've got some additional uh, uh, permissions. Yeah, there you go. Uh, thank you so much. We're going to take a quick break, and when we return, we're going to stay on this topic of firearms, but we're going to look at the business side of things. Smith & Wesson, a publicly traded company, has released some data which will drop your jaw. Records have been set. Where? That'll surprise you, too. And it's next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Hey, welcome back to Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. 122. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't know why. I've got something. I need to drink some water or something on the break. I don't know. I apologize in advance for any of this throat clearing uh, throughout the program today. Uh, 123 is the time, and the temperature outside is 57 stinking degrees here downtown Salt Lake City. And I'm stuck inside looking out these floor-to-ceiling windows at the beautiful mountains. A little bit of snow on top. Beautiful blue skies. Oh, look at this guy. Look at this guy walking by Broadcast House wearing shorts. Oh, my goodness. Oh, and, and oh my gosh. Look how... <sighs> Is it 3 o'clock yet? I don't want to go running. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, let me dial it back. Let me dial it back. Oh, look at this. Oh, my gosh. Producer Amy bringing me a bottle of water. This is outstanding. I'm going to drink it on there. It won't be awkward like Marco Rubio, but I'm going to drink some here. Uh, let me, uh, uh, let's look for all the opportunities for audio. You can hear the cap coming off. Okay, I'm going to take a sip right now. Here we go. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Uh, it's uh, it's wet, just like water I've experienced in the past. Good. Oh. oh, great. Now I'm ready for real radio. Here we go. I want to talk to you as we proceed about gun sales. But first, I want to take a step back and ask you, have you, have you over the past, uh, let's say, 18 months, have you been one uh, to purchase uh, a firearm? I have been blown away as I have watched the, the sales figures from various companies, specifically Smith & Wesson. We're going to talk about Smith & Wesson in just a moment. But people have been buying up guns left and right. And there are a number of there are a number of theories as to why that is the case. There are many many who viewed the COVID nineteen pandemic as well. How else to put this? Something akin to like apocalyptic. And if things continue to deteriorate, uh, who knows what might be required to defend you know yourself or your family or your livelihood? Who knows? And similar to those fears. Uh, you, you saw a certain measure of growing civil unrest. If you think to the protests 
that took to the streets of uh, countries around this country, or I'm sorry, cities around this country, which have historically never seen protests on their streets. No, no one, t- no one takes to the streets and smashes the windows of downtown Salt Lake City, and yet we saw it. Yeah, Debbie Dejanovic and I sat right here behind these microphones and for hours and hours and hours reported on the burning of police cars, the smashing of windows and looting of a 7-Eleven. It it was wild, absolutely wild, unlike anything we'd ever seen. And the reaction of some to things that they have never before seen is to uh, arm themselves, to get ready to... Who knows? Someday need to protect their castle, their home, their family. And then the last element. And this has been true for uh, years and years and years. And it really boils down to politics. You know this. You've heard this. I've seen the figures. When a, a Democrat is elected to office, immediately after those elections, there are incredibly ramped up numbers of gun sales. Because generally, the view is that, uh, you know, someone on the Democratic side of things, a liberal, if you will, (laughs) they're going to be putting in place some gun restrictions and we got to scoop up what we can now before we're unable to do so tomorrow. And all of those things have come together and mixed together uh, over this past calendar year to lead to a stunning a stunning uptick in firearm sales. Let me ask you this. Have you, have you purchased a firearm as a result of any of the motivating factors that I just mentioned? If you got, if you got one for some other reason, I'd love to just talk shop with you. But have you been moved by either the, the protests that we saw last year through the summer across this country? Have there been uh, elements of the COVID pandemic that have led you to, uh, to, to arm yourself? Have you seen the election of President Joe Biden as a threat to the Second Amendment? Have any of those three moved you to purchase a firearm? Well, uh, others have been moved. Can't nail down exactly their motivating factors. We can only speculate, as we have here this afternoon. But Smith & Wesson, get this, Smith & Wesson has reported a 102% increase in sales in their most recent fiscal quarter compared to the previous year. Uh, Ruger reported a 38% jump in net sales in 2020 compared to uh, 2019. And Vista Outdoor, a a Park City headquartered company, reported uh, a 35% increase in their most recent fiscal quarter compared uh, with the prior year. Fascinating. This year's sales allowed Smith & Wesson to pay off $25 $25 million in revolving debt and put another $25 million into its American outdoor brands and end up with $55 million in cash. Ruger has been able to uh, dramatically increase hiring after the demand for their firearms certainly outstripped production, leaving them with like nothing of inventory. Have you tried to pick up a firearm lately? Is there that one uh, that one handgun that you've been trying to... How about the Hellcat? Anyone out there trying to buy a Hellcat? Get on the waiting list. <laughs> uh, fascinating. Fascinating stuff. Oh, you know what I have here before we go to break? Let me see if I can pull it up. I do have a list of where these 
purchases were concentrated. And it's surprising. If you were to guess the state where where record-making, record-breaking uh, sales were taking place uh, in this in the month of January, let's say, uh, where would you guess? When I was asked earlier this morning, uh, Frank said, hey, Lee, where, where do you think where do you think uh, guns were really, really sold in big numbers uh, this past January? I thought, well, let's say Texas. There are a lot of people there. I know there are a lot of gun-friendly people there. Texas? Uh, nope, wasn't Texas. All right, Florida. How about Florida? A lot of people there. Uh, a lot of gun-friendly people there. Florida? No, not Florida. Get this. Illinois. Illinois. This past January, uh, more guns sold, more money spent on firearms in Illinois than anywhere else in the country. Fascinating stuff. Anyway, quick break. When we return, oh my gosh, where did my notes go? I don't even remember what's coming up. Oh, you know what? Uh, a, a treat for us. Coming up next after the break, we're speaking with uh, Senate President Stuart Adams on the last day of the general session of the Utah State Legislature. Uh, we're going to hear what he expects to come of this evening, what he hopes, and I'm going to ask a question of the leaders of both chambers. How would you define this legislative session? I just got a note. President Adams canceled. I'm sorry. It's you and me talking shop next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. That's embarrassing. And this is KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, You need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.